Welcome to the Lanky Guys. We are the guys. I am the guy number one named Father Peter Mosser. Yes, indeed. This is the Word on the Hill podcast. Um, you just introduced yourself. I'm Dr. Scott Powell. And we are here to welcome you to a podcast for your brain. You sound and like a podcast for your soul. And it's fun. You sound like a segment on like Sesame Street. I know. That's what I was going for. Oh, were you? Uh-huh. You brought up Sesame Street earlier today. Uh-huh. So I was trying to kind of like get the vibe flowing, man. Really? So I, I actually picked up on your to- vibe to uh-huh. that degree? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. This is great. Well, this podcast is brought to you by the letter D. <laughs> that's all I got. Oh my goodness, Father Peter! It is the what is it? The 29th Sunday of ordinary 30th, time, bro? No, really? Yeah, it's it the is 30th. the 30th Sunday of ordinary time. I got a couple shout-outs to give. Can I do shout that before we shout? Shout! Shout! Let it all out. These are the people we're talking about. So come on. I'm talking to you. <laughs> anyway, I want to give a shout out to uh, to well, the whole parish, but specifically the men's ministry team at St. Hubert's Parish um, out, um, ooh, Canada? Bob, Bob, you're going to kill me. Chattahassen, Chat, Chan, oh, Chanhassen, Minnesota. It's outside <laughs> okay. of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Oh, and my friend Bob and I was up there this weekend. I was, I, we were joking about the name of the town. It used to be called St. Huberton or something like that after the parish. And they later changed the name of the town. I think it's Chattahassen. <laughs> Chattahassen. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob. Anyway, I want to give a shout out to the men's ministry up there and Thanksgiving for uh, them welcoming me. So shout out to, to Bob Burns, um, Father uh, Tolfson, uh Patrick, Scott, um, all the crew up there. Um, Patrick, I promised a very specific shout out to when we have... Uh, uh, just some great guys up there. So I'm so honored that you guys all welcome me. Thank you um, if you're listening to the podcast. And um, pray for the guys doing amazing ministry and amazing work out at St. Hubert's in Minnesota. So they're they're a good crew. You got any shout outs? Um, I wanted to shout out um, the whole Archdiocese of Denver. <laughs> you can't. I guess you can. It <laughs> doesn't seem quite it, fair. I know. It doesn't seem quite fair. Oh, my gosh. I, I, uh, I was just thinking about... Um, uh, I don't know, Dave Hazen. I, he, I who's saw not him. in the Archdiocese of Denver. He's not in the Archdiocese of Denver. And Josh Carabinos, who just got married this oh, last weekend. Oh, happy wedding. So Josh is awesome. He's doing amazing work at the Archdiocese of Strategy Integrations. Did totally you just say sweet. the Archdiocese of Strategy Integrations? <laughs> the world really is turning digital, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I can't believe they have a C. Oh, man. Well, guess what? Today is the Diocese to- of Google. <laughs> <laughs> the Archdiocese of Amazon. Oh, I thought today was brought to you by the letter D. Dot for diocese? No, you said the C. Oh, oh my gosh. That was, uh, that was a, a really good joke. It was a really <laughs> well played. Hey, our first reading in the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Yeah, is talk to me. Exodus. 22 to 20, 26. That was lame. 22. Dude. I'm just going to translate. That's fine. 22, okay. 20 through 26. Okay. Do you want to sing all of them and I'll just translate all of them? Psalm 18. Psalm 18. 2, two to 4, 4 to 7, 51. 2 to 3, 3 to 4, 47, 51. Our second reading Our second is reading. from the Thessalonians. First letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. <laughs> well, got a chapter one now. Chapter one. Five C to ten. Five C through ten. Uh, we look to the end of the thing. We got according to the Matthew now. <laughs> the gospel is according to Matthew. And it's the twenty-two to the thirty-four forty. Chapter twenty-two 
34 through 40. Do you know that that I, I um do you I, like my translator voice by that, the way? That was excellent. I've been I've been pretty proud of it. I was I couldn't tell if I was. That's going, what I'm going to do if I ever uh, jump ship here. <laughs> I'm going to be a translator at the UN or something. Dude, that's awesome. I, I, was, I can't actually translate anything, but I can do the voice. <laughs> I was going for. Yeah, I was just waiting. Uh, every time I talked, you kept talking. I love sorry, you. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm done. Okay. For the whole podcast. Okay. I have nothing else to say. Okay. Well, here's me at the podcast. I uh, I couldn't tell if I was going Zydeco or uh, buckwheat. Like, no, or like Car- Caribbean because I it did. was a little did, uh, Rastafar- Rastafarian. Well, it's because Exodus and I watched. Fan- I was forced to watch like 20 minutes of Phantom Menace because there were some students who were who were trying to watch all of the Star Wars in order before the uh, fin- Last Jedi, Final Jedi comes out. Are they Rastafarian in that movie? No, come on. Um, what's the what's the character that everybody hates? Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Pooping Binks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I watched Cool Runnings recently, so oh. I, felt, I felt right at home. <laughs> Which is a gr- I, I forgot how great that movie is. Never, anyway. Never saw it. You no the Bob Sledding team. From you've Jamaica? never seen Cool Runnings. No man. No. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking, dude. I don't know how I missed that it. That gave me a visceral deep in my stomach no, response to I, you. I actually can feel Watch your energy. Watch Cool now. Runnings. It's a great. John Candy is in it. The Canadian bobsledding or the uh, Jamaican bobsledding team. Come on, dude. Man. I'll watch it on the big screen. How about oh, that? Oh, that hurts my heart. You think you know a guy, <laughs> and then you realize you don't. <laughs> All right, Exodus 22. Um, this, okay, well, how do we, how do we throw us in context here? The context of Exodus 22 is this. Okay, so we're in the Exodus story. We're all familiar with the Exodus story, right? They've come out of their slavery in Egypt. The 10 plagues have just happened. The Passover has been celebrated. They've come across the Red Sea. They're out in the wilderness. They're starting to get hungry. They're getting a little thirsty. You could, you could, you get this sense if you're reading through the narrative that things are, (laughs) there's trouble on the horizon. It's so funny. If you read it just subtly, there's all these warnings like, uh uh-oh, the people are a little unhappy. This could end badly. which it ends very badly in a few chapters. But for now, um, Moses is going to go up onto Mount Sinai. You know, the traditional belief is that um, this is about 50 days after Passover, when Moses finally goes up on Mount Sinai, which is actually how the Jewish people celebrate the the Feast of Pentecost, which they remember the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. So the traditional belief is it took them about 50 days to get from Egypt all the way to Mount Sinai, which is a while. They've been traveling for a while. They're hungry. They're thirsty. Moses goes up on the mountain, and what they see, it's in chapter 19, they see Moses go up on Mount Sinai to speak with God, and they see the sight of fire descending upon the mountain, and they see smoke and clouds and they hear the voice of God and people are terrified. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And later on, they're going to think that Moses is dead. And like, what happened to him? But this fire is actually... Fire on the mountain. Is that... Fire, fire on the mountain. I can't remember. I know it's, the song you're singing, it's but like I don't think reggae. you have the tune I'm, right. No, I don't. But they keep going. Um, I just had to interrupt you. No, it's good. Thank you, man. Because you, you were flowing so well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really sorry. But it, it's a fascinating moment, if you remember this. Now, this is just to put it all in context. Moses is up there, and what it actually says, so he receives the Ten Commandments, right? Which is plan A. Later on, after that, they're going to fall to the sin of worshiping the golden calf and all these terrible things, which is going to bring about Deuteronomy, which is literally plan B. But, but initially, God's giving them this law that's simple and it's intuitive. And if you read it very closely, when God gives the Ten Commandments, do you remember what's actually happening? It says in the text that everyone down below is hearing the voice of God speaking to them in second person, singular. 
So when God up on the mountain in this voice is yelling out or saying, you know, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, all of the people down below are actually hearing it second person singular in their ears. Peter, you should not steal. You shall not worship any other gods. And it's this moment of terror for the people. And Moses comes back down. They're like, Moses, we are terrified. We don't like talking to God. We don't like I this know. voice. It's, it, it, said, it said that the, 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 they begged that no other address be made to them. Yeah, they're like, you go talk to God, and then right. you tell us what he has to say. Right. Because this is too, it's too much for us. It's too and close. so he's like, all right, fine. I, I concede. So he goes back up on the mountain. And, and we enter into, for the next few chapters, basically a long commentary on the Ten Commandments. Oh. And these series of chapters, it's God-based because you're like, well, he gave the Ten Commandments and now there's all these other rules on top of it about how to treat one another and about marriage and all these different things. But the ancients understood these as just a big commentary on the Ten Commandments. What do they mean? What does this look like to live all this stuff out, right? So that's where we are in the context. So in chapter 22, chapter 22, we get a, um, I, I think it's an interesting insight into the heart of God as he's doing this, as he's, he's teaching them and, and what we're getting really is God trying to instruct his people what their nation should look like. They've just right. been freed from slavery. They're going to be established in the promised land as a new people, a kingdom, a nation of priests, a light to the world. And he's saying, this is what you ought to look like when I begin to grow you as a people, right? So it's it's uh, instructions for the future. Right. And it says, thus says the Lord, you shall not... Mo-, and it's kind of confusing to read this because it's talking about things that they should do on their land, which they don't possess yet. So God's saying, you are going to have a land. You are going to have a place to call home. You're going to have a nation. And here's how you ought to act in that nation. So thus says the Lord, you shall not molest or oppress an alien. Uh, For once you were aliens yourself, off in the land of Egypt. And you shall not wrong any widow or orphan. For if you wrong them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. I think it was, was it last week or the week before? We talked about that Hebrew concept of the sed acha. Remember that? The outcry, which happens frequently in the Bible. God hears, the Lord hears the the sedachah, the poor. So the outcry, right, which God responds to. He hears the outcry of the Israelites when they're in Egypt in slavery under backbreaking work from Pharaoh. He hears the outcry. He also hears the outcry of the people as their worship went on a golden calf. That's a whole different. Let's get into that next. That's for (laughs) next time on the Lanky, guys. Um, I'm going to hear their cry if you wrong the the downtrodden and the poor and the least of these. My wrath will... It's pretty intense. If you abuse the poor, my wrath will flare up and I will kill you with the sword. But you're like, oh man! If, if you if y'all don't haven't noticed, the uh, end of ordinary time heats up freaking <laughs> yeah. intensely. Yes, like it it is like it's one of those moments where you're listening and like like yesterday we had the reading from Matthew that was or Luke that said, um, you know, if you know your master's will and you don't oh, do it, prepare for no, no, it, no. then you're going to get a severe beating. Yeah. If if you there's a lot of beatings in these readings. Yeah, there's just it's, it's just basically it's saying like, hey, do you like 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 amend your ways and you know like fear comes true you know perfect love casts out fear yeah, so yeah, yeah. so this is the thing is that that if you love god and you're going for it then we we don't have cause to be afraid but but if we're not loving god and we're avoiding and doing these things sometimes the only way to get through to somebody is through a threat of punishment 
Yeah, that's and, true. And as, so, as anybody who's a parent knows that, that sometimes you just have to pull that card. Right. And so what's happening is that the, the end of ordinary time is all about the return. We, we, ordinary time finishes with Christ the King. It's all about the end. It's about the end. And that's where we're, we're preparing for the return of the King. Yeah, and and and, th- and that is, and that's why it's like it's like no, 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 like wise up, or because or there's going to be some hurt, and if you mm. do this, then then like like so as you, as you're looking, it's like we're they're entering into the promised land. They're wow. they're going they're going they're well they have the they promise won't of the actually land. yeah they have the promise of the promised land right um, hence the name big, but but the, the but the, that's the beating that they end up with is having to go through the desert forever. Mm. I mean, like this. That, yes, I'm not technically yeah, yeah. exactly what the 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 economy. Okay, I'm. Yeah. No, it, you're it, right. doesn't, it doesn't. Do exa- it doesn't exactly fit. So I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, no, it's it's interesting though because sorry. that that is true. That is true. I mean, there's punishment for the they're failing to trust in God right. in His promises. But you know, it's funny. I'm just reading through this because you know it, it says. If you don't do, if you don't care for the poor or the strangers or the aliens and, and all of these groups, I mean, what, what are we? We have four groups that show up throughout the Bible as the people that are, we're always particularly called upon to care for, right? And who are the four groups? They're always the strangers, the widows, the orphans, and the poor, which is consistently throughout the Bible, the people that God sets apart as sort of his, his special people to be cared for. Right. Even all the way back to the time of, uh, of Ishmael. Remember Hagar and Ishmael in the time of Abraham when, um, you know, Hagar is, is, she's a stranger and she wanders off and she has a son who's kind of orphaned in a certain sense because his father has abandoned him and they're strangers and she's a widow because she has no husband and God himself steps in and cares for them. It's God himself who takes the initiative to show this is how you ought to act. And now he's saying, Israel, you just came out of slavery where you were strangers, where you were in a place that's not your home, where you were poor, where you were oppressed, and I stepped in and set you free. And if you turn back around and you do the very things to other people that were done to you, then you're no better than the Egyptians who held you captive. You're no better than Pharaoh, Israel. Which, to put it in those terms, you're like, I don't want to be Pharaoh. <laughs> but that's what he's saying. And, and it's so funny because it talks about this punishment. My, wa- my, wrath will f- my wrath will flare up. My wrath will flare up and I'll kill you with the sword. Which is a very troubling line to read. You're like, okay, I, I wasn't nice to the poor. So God gets ticked off and he's going to kill me with a sword. What? Is God like going to step down from heaven and have a little little sword and like stab me? It, it's a weird line, but but if you think about it and like it, put it, it's the circumstances that that in fact, yeah, there's going to come nations with swords who are going to come after you, and I'm going to release them. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to protect you the same way. But why? I mean, you you can you can you can do. You're absolutely right, but you can kind of do the the long view on this. Okay, there's these strange nations and people from other places that have come to you for care. You have not cared for them. They'll go back to their home nations. Your reputation as a place that abuses people from other places will precede you. Those nations will grow in power. You will become an enemy because of how you've treated those people. And maybe down the line, those strangers will become a powerful nation and they will slay you. So you will, in the long term, reap what you sow. It's not God saying, I'm really ticked off, so I'm going to do this to you. It's saying there's fruit of your actions. There's consequences to what you do. And if you treat all of the nations around you horribly, then eventually one of those nations actually might attack you. And I'm going to allow that to happen because it's the natural consequence for what you've done. So, I mean, God's setting them up for the story of salvation history here. 
because they're supposed to be a different kind of a nation. They're supposed to be a light to the world. They're supposed to be the firstborn son of God, whose job it is in the family of God to teach the younger brothers and sisters and the other siblings who Yahweh is. And when they fail to do that, they will have a bunch of siblings who have ignorance of God and a lot of knowledge of pagan worship styles and a lot of violence and other crazy things that should not exist in the world. And those things are going to come back to bite them. Again, we're being set up for the story of salvation history. And God is saying, if you don't understand what I have done for you in setting you free then you obviously might need to relearn it. And so maybe there's another lesson in here. Um, it goes on to say, if you lend money to the poor and your neighbors and my people, you shall not act like an extortioner toward him by demanding interest. That line would have been unheard of in the ancient world to lend money and not demand. It's, it's unheard of in our world to lend something and not actually ask for interest. That, that's, that's so unprecedented. Um, it's shocking, but God is saying, this is how you are to be because you're a different kind of people. And I love this next line. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up what I have to say on, on this line because it struck me. It kind of took me back for a second because you have the Lord speaking, giving these lofty instructions as their God. Here's how you are to act as a nation. Here is, you know, universally these, these precepts. But then he says this, if you take your neighbor's coat as a pledge, cloak as a pledge, you shall return it to him before sunset. For this cloak of his may be the only covering he has for his body. What else does he have to sleep in? And it says, if he cries out to me, if he said to me, I will hear him for I'm compassionate. But that line, as a nation, you were to act this way. Do not oppress these people. Here are my precepts. There will be war. There'll be consequences. Oh, by the way, if you, if you borrow a cloak from somebody, give it back before sunset because he won't have PJs to sleep in. Which is kind of funny if you really read that, but it gives this interesting insight into the compassion that God actually has. God, the God of the universe, is so concerned with our humanity, he even cares about this poor person's pajamas for that night. Which is, yeah, I don't know, I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. When, well, as we're listening, it's, it almost feels like the instructions are, are like, started start wide. Yes. Start, yeah, start exactly. really, really national and uh, like national and say, this is the, this is what I'm longing for, for a national identity for you. Yeah. Now this, and, and what this means is, is that you're going to actually care about each other. Right. I care about this dude's PJs. <laughs> like you, you're actually meant to do the same thing. You're, you're actually meant to say like the details of this person's life. I'm not going to try to bring increase to my own at the sacrifice of another's. Yes. And, and like, and, and that, that it's almost like you can zoom in and say, this is what the spirit looks like within these people. I feel like this is a, this is going to be a kind of a big thread for us as we're going through our readings is like the, the behavior that we actually really have on an individual basis is going to be what the, the, the identity is as a people. Absolutely. Right. And so, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just really cool as, as you see, like, yeah. like dude, cause I actually really care that, that you, um, have what you need. I, I care about your family. I want you to, as, as my employee, I want right. you to, I, I want to make sure that you are living a good family life. And that takes primacy over the work that I'm going to have you do here because that, the, the reality is that our vocation is primary to our avocation. But that, but the, I mean, the, the byproduct of that, not to make it utilitarian, but the byproduct right. of that, if you care for the individual needs of your parishioners and your employees, you will end up having a fruitful parish. Right. If, the, if these tiny details in society are met, then your society will thrive. Right. Because again, God says continuously, Jesus says in the New Testament, if you're faithful in the little things, then you'll be faithful in the big things. 
Um, so that's what, you know, if you care about this guy's PJs, it's going to define how your whole culture is. If Catholics are concerned about the least of those among us, then the church will thrive and it will yeah. bear fruit. If we're only concerned about big picture stuff and, you know, the wider view, then we're going to miss the work that God actually has for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great insight. It was like that time when I went through my closet into the steam tunnels and I saw a horrifying vision. <laughs> what was that vision? Laszlo Hollyfield in his pajamas. I don't know what that is. Dude, it's real genius, bro. I never saw it. <gasps> well, now you we're think even. you think you know a man, okay. and then all of a all sudden, right. Here man, we dude, go. you haven't seen real genius. Here dude? we go. Don't even start with me, oh cool runnings, <laughs> dude. Sanka, you dead man. <laughs> so you don't even know the response to that. <laughs> no man. Okay, Psalm eighteen. You don't even know who Lazo Hollyfeld is. You don't bro. even know who Sanka is. I don't. All right, we're even, dude. Dude, dude <laughs> how have you not seen this, oh my dude? God. Do you know, like, literally okay. every line of that defines my life, dude. I, I literally bought a single from that. Just to be number one. <laughs> okay, this weekend I'll watch Real Genius if you watch Cool Runners. Done. Okay, great. Okay, Psalm eighteen. Um, <laughs> I was reading this at first, and I was like, oh, this is a nice psalm. This is very, <laughs> this is a good, beautiful psalm. Oh, Lord, uh, I love you, Lord, my strength. I love you, Lord, my strength. Oh, Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my rock of refuge, my shield, my horn of salvation, my stronghold. The Lord lives and is blessed. He is my rock. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. The Lord cares for The everybody. Lord rocks. Uh, yeah. Do you know the context of this, though? Because this is what defined its place in the readings for me. Once I realized that there is a parallel to Psalm 18. I mean, and, I would, I would look. I mean, whenever I see the Lord as my rock, I think about Moses hitting the rock two times. No, I, I mean that that sure, certainly is an image it's, that's it's, evoked. It's like the Cupid shuffle, one time, two times, <laughs> two time, two time. <laughs> but there is an exact parallel of this. I mean, almost exact, pretty, pretty close to word for word, exact of this, and it shows up in Second Samuel. It's in 2 Samuel, I think it's in chapter 22, and it's the story of when King David, remember there's this interesting moment in salvation history where Saul is the king of Israel. Remember King Saul? King Saul was a terrible king. He was their first official king. He was lousy, fell into great sin. He was jerk. He was selfish. He was bloodthirsty. He was yeah. jealous, all envious, all these things. And secretly, remember Samuel, the prophet, right. um, he's the last of the judges, really. He anoints David as the king because David, remember, he stood up to Goliath. He had all these things. David is anointed as king, but he's anointed while Saul still reigns. And David is tasked with this, this patience to say, wait on God's time. You're going to be the next king. You're going to have to deal with this oppressive guy, Saul, who's going to find out that you're set up to be king, that everyone actually loves you, that you're a great, greatly more holy than he is, and he's going to seek your life. So if you remember the story of Saul and David, Saul does find out about this. He gets jealous of David. He chases him into the wilderness, and he is constantly trying to kill him because this guy's a threat. You remember that story? Yeah. And David goes out into the wilderness, and he's hiding in the caves, knowing the whole time God has anointed me the king of Israel. And here I am hiding in a cave in the desert with this ragtag group of followers waiting for the king to try to kill me, hoping that I'm going to get out of this. Right. And in the midst of that, guess what David says? Lord, he, my rock. Yeah, he writes this hymn. And there's a version of it. There's a parallel of it in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22, a long hymn. But I'm convinced that David surely wrote Psalm 118 in that context. Wow. When David, I was like, so what's the point? Here is David, who in a certain sense, although he's the king of Israel, 
He is the outsider. He is, in a certain sense, the stranger, the poor, the widowed, the abandoned, the one whose life is sought. He is the downtrodden. And what does he do? He recognizes his own status as small. And he says, Lord, you are my rock. Because, I mean, what could David do? What would we do in that circumstance? Uh, don't you know who I am? I'm the king. Samuel anointed me. I'm more, I cut off, you know, I, I cut off Goliath's head for Pete's sake. I kill lions and bears in the wilderness. Don't you know who I am? But David doesn't do that. He says, I am small. And the Lord will hear my sedachah because he is my rock. And I cry out to him because I don't understand what he's doing in my life. I know he's asking me to be patient, but I will cry out because I know that the God that we believe in and the God of the nation that I will eventually lead is a God who cares for the downtrodden. So I'll put my faith in that. And in that context, then you read this Psalm 18, or Psalm 18 and you're like, oh, that's different. Because what it reminds us of, you know, we read the first reading and you're like, care for the poor and be compassionate toward the outsider and the, the downtrodden. But we forget sometimes that that could be any one of us at any time. Right. That at any moment we right. could be in that position. Even the king of Israel could find himself downtrodden. Right. Where is he going to put his help? What's our response going to be? How dare you, God? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done? No, God, you are my rock. I don't know what you're doing here. But I know that you're a God who hears the cry of the poor. So that's what I'll do. And I love reading it in that. It changed everything for me when I, when I read the context of that. Yeah. Because it's a good reminder to us. Oh. At any moment, we could be that stranger, that outsider. Yep. And we should never let our heads get too big. I mean, I got a big head. But you got a big head. You got a big head of hair. That's I don't know where your head is under there. I don't either. Which brings us to, uh, do we jump to Thessalonians? Yes, we do. This will be number one. <laughs> do, 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 do. I, 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 so this is Paul, remember, writing to this community that's struggling. They are left without leadership. Uh, Paul wishes he could be there. He's like, Shoot, what, what am I going to do? Right. And, and there's a beautiful passage in First Thessalonians where Paul, again, just like David, is realizing his own humility. Right. He's like, I founded this church, and they're really struggling, and I actually have to find solidarity with them in this struggle. So he says, you know what sort of people we were among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction, but with joy from the Holy Spirit, that you may become a model for all believers. We're trampled down. We're abused. People don't like us because we're Christians. Believing in the word of God is not going to make us popular. But you know what? You knew who we were. Mm. You saw through, you know, when you, when I came to you, and, and he says this, and I'm thinking of 2 Corinthians, where it's the letter where Paul, I think more than any of the others, recognizes his own smallness. Mm. He says, when I came to you, you didn't believe in me because I was this great, powerful, well-spoken, articulate teacher. He's like, I was short, I was not very good looking, I'm not very well spoken, which is just a reminder to you that the word that you believed in the church that is founded among you is not because of Paul, but it's because of the God who Paul believes in. Mm. And again, I'm not quoting First Thessalonians, I'm quoting Second um, Corinthians, where Paul says, I'm like a jar of clay. Remember the band Jars of Clay? That's where they get their title. Because yep. Paul says, look at me and I'm nothing. I'm just a, a weak, cracked jar made of clay. Right. But I hold a great treasure right. within me. I'm an earthen vessel. So be imitators the... of that. That's what he's telling the Thessalonians. You're feeling beat up. You're feeling low. You're feeling lonely. You're feeling abandoned. Me too. Guess what? That's our glory. Because we have a God who actually took all of that on and mm. understands that. So glory in that. Yeah, that's the weirdest part about the vocation of a Christian. Mm. Um, 
you, you know, being a part of the, the holy people of God, it's, it's way more challenging to say, I'm going to join myself to the crucified Christ than to, uh, and to say, I'm going to allow that to be my glory rather than to health and wealth. It's like, yeah. like, like, oh, you, you're abandoned, you're struggling. Well, guess what? You know what? Because of that, everybody's looking to you and saying like, man, we are inspired. Yeah. As I inspired you, you're inspiring others. Like, right. like take up this reality. You're, you're in a line of discipleship and, and that's a glorious thing. So just persevere in the midst of that, which is nobody's favorite. There's nobody I know who's like, yay, that's really what I get to do. No, but, I don't think so. But at the same time, those are always our favorite stories. We yeah. love the story of the person who struggled and suffered and worked and scraped and had to, you know. Yeah, remember that story? You're, they're going to tell stories about Frodo and Sam. Yeah. And uh, and and remember the story about Frodo. I want to hear that one again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like absolutely. Like, like it's it's always remember the story about David. Remember he had to hide in a cave and Saul tried to kill him, but tell he me about persevered. The, tell me about the part where he went to poop in the cave. <laughs> My kids love that story. Absolutely. Saul went to poop in the cave. Yeah. And and he cut off part of his thing. His little tunic. Yeah. yeah and he said, "It's a great story." <laughs> you know, it's it's like you tell me the pooping, the Saul pooping story. Like my kids literally say those words to me often at dinner. <laughs> like, tell me the story about the King Saul. If you guys know know the King Saul pooping story, it really is biblical. Father Peter's not just being a, a poop. <laughs> That's a story for another day, though, yeah. which takes us to the gospel. Gospel, gospel, homily. Oh yes, oh yes. That, dude, uh, that was a bad version of my singing today. It's um, no, it's not. It's good. What's the greatest commandment of the law, Scott? Uh, I love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and your mind. Did you read the reading today? Yeah, I read the reading today. <laughs> we got to put this in context though, one more time, because the context is important. This is the Shema of Israel. But before that, yeah. So we get the Shema. Um, which is what, it, ooh, there's a lot to say. There's a lot really to quick, say. before we talk about the actual um, prayer that Jesus speaks, it says, it begins by saying, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the, stat, the Sadducees, they gathered together and then they went off to test him. Um, throughout uh, chapter 22 and even preceding it, it's where we've been for the last few weeks. <laughs> I think we mentioned maybe last week or the week before, whenever you see in the biblical text, the Pharisees and the Sadducees somehow working together. It's like one of the greatest miracles of the time because, I mean, they were the two groups that hated each other more than anything else. And so to see them Even actually... more than the Herodians? The Herodians and the Sadducees are kind of in the same party. They're, they're almost synonymous with each other. But I thought the Herodians had given up and allied themselves with Rome, whereas the Pharisees... Same with the Sadducees. Wanted, and, and then they wanted... But the Pharisees wanted Rome out. Absolutely. Okay. So the Sadducees and the Herodians are synonymous. The Pharisees are their rivals. Got it. Okay. So I, I just was hearing it wrong. Yeah. Sorry. The Pharisees are one group. The Sadducees and Herodians are kind of with each other. The Sadducees, they're a religious party, but they're teamed up with the people who support King Herod, Got which it. is the, 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 uh, the Roman status quo, right? Right. So the Sadducees and Herodians, they're together. But whenever you see those two groups pairing up and working together, you're like, what on earth? earth. And so throughout chapter 22 and even before it, you've we've kind of had this back and forth. Remember the coin thing a couple was that what we talked about last week? Uh where they pull out the he's oh, like yeah, show yeah, me the, the coin, coin yeah, yeah, in the yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we had that last week in between um the so that was the Pharisees and the religious leaders. They're like let you know, who should you know, should we worship God or Pharaoh, you know, um give to give to Caesar what is Caesar's Pharaoh. 
Well, give to Pharaoh is what it's Give to Pharaoh is what it is. I don't know what scriptures you're reading, bro. But Jesus tripped him up. He, he trapped them. Then the Sadducees walk in. And uh, in between these two, we have that famous passage about, well, what if a guy dies and his wife is widowed seven and the, the seven brothers and all that stuff? Jesus trips him up. So it's literally like this ping pong match back and forth. With It's like a because, baton being passed. Okay, the Pharisees he, are up. Okay, pass it off to the Sadducees. Because they're all trying fail. to okay. trip him up. Pharisees back. We're back in the game. But again, they're working together to try to trip this, this guy up and they can't do it. But the fact that they're teamed up is just really telling. Yeah. So the Pharisees are like, you know, I, it's all, <laughs> we were talking about um, uh, freestyle rapping before the podcast. And I just That's, imagine like, a free, like, oh, you guys got slammed. Boom. And then they, the Pharisees step back and they're like, all right. Do, do you know that in my homily this weekend, <laughs> I, I actually, that's why I said that you, you were up uh, with those guys up, uh, up north. Um, because because at one point I, I I literally did I was like ooh got punked <laughs> yes. and every, yeah. everybody's looking at me like which is what everybody's probably doing at the temple yeah because the, like, they don't really like the Pharisees or the Sadducees either the everyday no. folks they're like these guys both stink so anyway that that's the context so so the Pharisees are back up to bat and he's like all right teacher which commandment of the law is the greatest which I don't get the impression that this is as much of a trying to trip him up. But now it's asking for it's asking for credentials because every good rabbi would have what's called his yoke, y o k e yoke, which I think we've talked about the which yoke. Is the, on the which podcast. is a, is a summary of what his teachings are. What is your one not not just his teachings? It's your one word or one line summary of the Torah. Right. How do you interpret the Torah? What's your one line? nutshell most important thing we need to know about the torah so there's that famous story about the rabbi you know in the century before jesus who a bunch of uh, a bunch of gentiles walked up to him and said rabbi this famous rabbi we will become jewish if you can recite the whole torah standing on one foot and he lifted his foot and he said do unto others as you would have them do unto you and he put his foot down he's like that's the whole torah summed up that's his yoke right so every rabbi had his yoke so and this is what Jesus is doing. So and like, these guys right. were really serious. They were not yoking around. Oh, well done. But I, you almost get the impression this is the first time that the Pharisees are getting the impression like, okay, we're not getting rid of this guy. We're not, we're not able to trip him up. So, okay, what do you got? What's your thing? What's your teaching? Talk wow. to us. What do you, what do you, I don't think they're for him. They're not, they're not buying into it. But they're like, all right, let's take him a little bit more seriously. What's your yoke? What is your, your one-line summary? And he pulls out the Shema prayer. And the Shema, I think it's safe to say, is probably the most important prayer in the Jewish world. It would be the prayer that you prayed every single day. You put it's, it in your mezuzah. You put it in your mezuzah, right? The thing that you would wear, you know, put on your doorpost or the, or the, uh, phylactery. the phylactery on your forehead. There's a Jewish practice where you would literally, some of you have seen this, where Jewish people would wear a little box strapped to your forehead or your wrist um, where you would actually have the word of God kind of embedded onto your body or in your doorpost. Um, the mezuzah. This was the line that would be there. It's the it's the line, you know, when a baby is born, this is what the mother whispers into his ear. When the person is about to die, this is the last thing they want to hear said, right? The Shema. Hear, O Israel. Shamar is the Hebrew word for to hear or literally to turn. Shamar, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord alone, the, the oneness of God. And then it goes on to say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and actually, in Leviticus, it says, and with all your strength, Jesus changes it into your mind. He tweaks it hmm. ever so slightly, wow. which is fascinating. And then he, he, they didn't ask for it, but he's like, I'll give you my, uh, my next one, too. Here's my one-line summary. The second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and all the prophets hang 
Literally, in the, in the Greek, it's they hang, they hinge on these two commandments. He refuses to give just one. He has to give two. Because he's like, you can't really understand that unless you understand the second one. Right. You have to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. But you really can't understand that. And that's not really manifest unless you do the second as well. Right. Because otherwise, you don't understand what happened in the Exodus. Mm. You don't understand the commandments of God. You don't understand what Moses received when he stood on Mount Sinai. Because the Lord was crystal clear that if you don't do this, if you don't get it, then you will miss all of this. And he's speaking to the Pharisees, whose primary job it is to trample down the poor and those who they don't think are living up to their standards of the law. And they cast out, and they drive out, and they put walls and barriers around people who seek God. And then Jesus, of course, goes and finds all the lost that the religious leaders of the time have cast out, And what did they do? They try to trap him and trick him and punish him for going out and seeking the lost, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Which are the people who don't have any pajamas. Which are the, yes, I I think you're, I don't know if you're trying to make a joke, but I think that's fantastic. No, no. It's the people who don't have pajamas, so to speak. Yeah, like, I mean, really, there's something that is. Spiritual pajamas. Spiritual pajamas. Moral pajamas. (laughs) Dude. This is the this is the wild part is it's like they've been there's something that's been taken from them. I mean, like the 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 Pharisees' yes. way the Pharisees' way is to apply all the priestly laws to everybody so that um, and so, even more they and, make up other laws so you don't even come close to breaking the actual laws, right? Because you have to get through all the barriers of the other things that they put on top of it, right? And so what happens is that it's like that's with interest, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Ooh, ooh, boom! That's exactly. Oh. Boom. That was that's pretty <laughs> that, good. That's, they add interest onto the law. They add interest onto the law, and then they don't Which, give back. In case you what, missed it, that's what Exodus expressly said not to do. And and this is the thing is, and then they don't give back what actually truly clothes you, which is oh. the grace from on high. Like when you're in oh. the law, then 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 you're actually clothed in glory. You blew it open, man, dude. This is this. You is, totally blew it open. And so, so it's, it's like, so we pay attention. What is the most basic thing? It's like, what is sleep? It's resting. It's like, how do, and so, so these are the people that can't rest in God. Mm. They're not, they're not allowed because they're so burdened with all these other things and what's, what should be theirs. Their, their patriotage, their patrimony has been taken from them and, and charged interest. And so, so it's like, how do we become a people who were, we were talking about this right before the, the, uh, the podcast. How do we become a people of real mercy, mm-hmm. like like actual mercy? Because right now we live in a, a, the age of the media cycles and the the age of 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 uh, accusation, guilty until proven into innocent. We love getting somebody, getting them. we got them right, and and we like, love it. We thrive on it. We lust after it. Right. Honestly, as a society, we really do. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's we don't a, weep over sin. No. I think we find somebody that has committed it and we're like, ha ha, gotcha. Our movies are all about vengeance. It's yes. all about it's all about reaping um intense vengeance. My name is Inigo Montoya. You, you killed my, my father, father prepared to die. Mm. And so it's like this is the thing is that that's everywhere. And so how do we become a people that are merciful and just and help people to find the rest that is actually meant for them? While still dealing with the sin. While still Absolutely. calling I mean because that's what Jesus does. I mean, this is the this is the thing where people don't People like to misuse Jesus or put him into the wrong box. Yes, he goes and he meets people where they are, but he doesn't leave them there. 
Right. He says, repent, and I'll show you how to do it. Come after me. I'm not going to leave you in your sin. Right. Oh, you're a prostitute? You're a tax collector? Great. You're going to have to leave that. Right. But I'm coming to get you and take you by the hand and bring you out of it. Right. But we don't want to do that. Neither do the Pharisees. I mean, this is nothing new. Our society is nothing new. That's fair. This is what is... Ah, you see? Ah, mm. That's unfair, actually. You see? You see? <laughs> you guys, so there you go. May the Lord um, give you some great PJs. Yeah. May may yeah. your PJs be returned unto you. <laughs> may your PJs be returned unto you before the cold of the night sets in. Yeah. Well, God bless you guys. We love you. Um, thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to tuning in next week. We'll see you then. Okay. And, and thanks to our co-host, Simon, today. Yes, he's asleep. He, he contributed so little to this today. <laughs> well, As we do- did have to do a couple takes of the opening. Because I know. Because he, he did try to get in on it. So he contributed. He did contribute his saliva. He has a All right. See you next week. Bye. The Word in the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. You can find us online at www.lankyguys.org. See you next week.